Can We Trust Matt Hancock? Welcome to Mark and Pete. Here's a thought. If you break the sacred bonds of trust and divulge confidential things discussed, where the links of honesty are sadly bust, you'll lose connection with what's unjust. Well, it appears that Matt Hancock and Isabel Oakshot have come to loggerheads. Yes, this is a tale of Scoop's betrayal and indeed WhatsApp. Now, many of you have been following this, and uh, according to Matt Hancock, he has seen that his former ghostwriter, this is the famous journalist, Isabel Oakshot, has broken trust by also breaking confidentiality agreements. Now, the real scandal behind this is that uh, Elizabeth um, actually wrote a number of his diaries. This is around the pandemic diaries that were recently published by Mr. Hancock and his publisher. Now, he handed over 100,000 WhatsApp messages between himself, other ministers, aides and public health advisors. Well, Isabel has already broken trust as far as he is concerned. And that means that you have to say, well, has she done things in the interest of the public? Has Matt Hancock himself been guilty of breaking trust with the public for some of his actions during the pandemic? Clergyman Pete, I ask you, who has really broken trust in this case? Well, I think that there is fault on both sides. I think that there's a difference, though, as to who the trust has been broken with. I mean, Isabel Oakshot has certainly broken trust uh, in that she was provided these WhatsApp messages to help with the writing of those diaries. And you could say, well, don't have ghostwriters write the thing yourself. Um, But um, that's she she certainly betrayed the trust because uh, she would have promised not to reveal them. And uh, Matt Hancock has said as much, she hasn't denied it. But of course, you could say that Matt Hancock, on several levels, has broken trust. I mean, in my, it's my view that having a, an unacknowledged ghostwriter uh, is already a deception and a lack of trust, because people mm. assume that you've written the thing yourself. So I think that's a lack of trust. And I know the politicians are used to having their, their speeches written by other people, but I think that's a different thing when it's your diary, as in this case. Yeah. And But the, the second thing is about trust is, of course, Matt Hancock has uh, was putting into place policies that he didn't keep himself and is still trying to squirm and worm his way out of them. For example, by saying when he broke the rules to do with the COVID lockdowns, he said, ah, they were guidelines and not law, therefore I didn't break the law. As if that's the point at issue. The point at issue was he wasn't doing what he was telling everyone else to do. That's the breaking trust. So it, yet and Isabel Oakshot broken trust with Matt Hancock. He has broken trust with us. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that if you look at it in that way, you see, well, Isabel Oakshot is therefore being trustworthy to us, the general public. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> because she's revealing the truth uh, about uh, Matt Hancock's yeah. 
lies and deception. A long chain, a tale of betrayal. Well, it seems yes. that Miss Oakshot, um, who writes for many publications, particularly The Telegraph, put out a statement saying no apology for acting in the national interest. The worst betrayal of point, all yeah. would be to cover up these truths. Now, she added that the greatest betrayal was to the entire country and to children in particular who paid a terrible price as a result of the response to the pandemic and the repeated unnecessary lockdowns. Now, according to Mr. Hancock, he has termed the Telegraph stories as a partial biased account to uh, suit an anti-lockdown agenda. I think the point here, clergyman Pete, isn't it, that in my opinion, both are guilty, as you highlighted. I think that what is important, and if I take the greater picture here, is the greater good, isn't it? What is the greater good? Mm -hmm. In this particular case, I can understand that Isabel, the journalist, has taken the view that actually the public needs to know what went wrong. And more importantly, where perhaps some major decisions affected not just individuals, but an entire nation. So accepting, although I don't think she's admitted, but I can see that she has broken terms, i.e. broken trust of her terms that she signed. Um, she's looked at the greater good. Now, I suppose really this opens up a wider picture, isn't it? Which is when do you actually need to break trust? Now, we see this in religion and we see this in business where in confidence you might have signed a confidentiality agreement um, or a non-disclosure agreement. But actually, this is where, as we've seen, uh, that actually it can either backfire on the individual, the whistleblower, or it could, um, you know, certainly uh, really <laughs> break trust perhaps with um, parishioners or something like that. I just want to ask you, where do you think it becomes good to break a contract or even somebody's personal trust. Well, I think that there are there are um, hierarchies of good. I think that you can say that something uh, achieves more good than something else. So uh, you can it's in different areas of life. I mean, for example, uh, it is wrong to kill, mm. but if someone were about to you know I don't know kill a child. Wouldn't you kill them to stop it? You know, it becomes it was more important to kill them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, something that's wrong becomes right, and uh, the situations can can change like that. I mean, in the Bible it says do not kill, but the in in context it's quite clearly it's or, or usually translated like this: do not murder. That is an unjustifiable killing. Yeah. And uh, the, in the in the same section of the Bible, which is the Ten Commandments, it says do not bear false witness against your neighbor now uh, if we just use that the uh, the commandment to analyze what isabel oakshot has done and then we can apply it to others well she was bearing false witness to her neighbor when she wasn't releasing the whatsapp messages yeah and so you, you could argue Oh no, she's now done the right thing. Now let's put that in a in a in a different situation. You've signed a non-disclosure agreement, but you realise that people need to know this. Maybe it's something poisonous in food. Well, just one example, or the way a medical treatment was was tested before it was used. Well, in those cases, I think you need to break the contract yes. and you need to speak out. Well, um, I would but agree. But there are of course consequences. 
Exactly. Uh, Here's my take on this. And I agree with the fact that if you sign, say, for example, you're an engineer, let's put a different example, and you uh, discover that even though you may have signed a non-disclosure agreement on a product, and you know that that product going out into the market is probably going to cause harm or is ineffective, you would possibly take the view that actually for the greater good, it would be better to break terms and warn people, expose the um, the, the issue. But in this case, where we go back to the Oakshot situation, she has gained. And what I mean by that is that the, although that she has said she's done it in the great for the greater good, she's also gaining from it, not just for her own publicity, but she's also being yes. paid for the story as well. Ironically, yes, a double. Yeah double standard yes. there well so yeah. so this is yeah. where i okay. have the balance on trust which is absolutely if it's for the greater good but if the greater good is for personal gain that can't be good surely and that's what's happening think, i think in this case yes i think what we're seeing here um i mean, I mean both of our comments earlier on uh, which was right, whether she was right to release these messages were based on her, the events as she described them yeah, uh, but she, why publish but she it did, now? I mean, she's she but she did to. say something else. <laughs> no, but she's obviously had ago. a falling out, and and she also said that what turned her against him yeah. was his appearance on "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Oh, I have to wait which, for that one. Okay, but that's not that's not relevant. No, to, to whether it's right or not. <laughs> and what I would say when I was talking about them being released, uh, releasing it, you know, breaking her agreement with him. Yeah. There was another way of doing it. She didn't need to have it as a major story that she paid for. Yeah. She could have uh, said, well, uh, I'm against the lockdowns and uh, Matt Hancock's uh, treatment in them and uh, tried to bring a court case against him, sued him for his um, for his treatment of, uh, for you know, uh, for his uh, uh, unlawful activity, um, and brought a civil case against him. And yeah. uh, she could have done it in a different way, I'm saying, which would not have benefited her, but would actually have been, uh, in some, if she'd been successful, binding against Matt Hancock, and would probably have had a bigger effect than a, a new story, which will be forgotten, uh, but wouldn't have benefited her financially. So I, I think there were that we can see that the mixed motives and so i do yeah. understand him seeing it as a betrayal well he says also on this point is it's incredibly disingenuous and misleading to say she hasn't been paid for the book which she has she has she has and will also receive royalties so there again you see is is, is where do you put the victim in this place um, i mean i have to say i think sadly they're both equally as um yeah. guilty and, and just, <laughs> just just staying with isabel oakshot just for a moment she is in a relationship with richard tice she's in a civil partnership with him in fact now richard tice is the leader of reform uk yeah and so you could see richard tice as a political rival to matt hancock in a way and so there's a then another um motive behind uh, uh getting matt hancock and by extension the rest of the Conservative government yeah. as being tarnished, as being um, deceptive, because then that means, oh, we, we need a change. We don't trust Labour either because it's about lockdowns and they wanted a lockdown harder and earlier. So they're not really in opposition. It benefits Richard Tice's well, party. So it, 
Again, we have another issue there as to whether I, we could trust Isabel Oakshot's motives. Well, that was going to be my point now, which is just to sort of conclude this, which is whether you look at Matt Hancock, I know that you love doing that, or whether you look mm. at Isabel Oakshot, I think what we should do is ask our, our listeners, do we trust these people again? Is there ever any retribution? Is there something where maybe that you know this there's they get their comeuppance in other ways or maybe there is forgiveness here i mean uh, what do you think Clayton pete let's let's ask our, our lovely listeners what do they think about this saga i i think uh well just quickly i think there's always room for forgiveness but uh forgiveness doesn't uh <laughs> doesn't necessarily extend to um a self-flagellation you know we don't want them to do it to us again. So I, 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 that, that's uh, forgiveness as in uh, you could say, well, we forgive you, but we're still not going to trust you. Make sure you subscribed by going to markandpete.com. Leave a comment under this and, in fact, every episode. And we trust that you will revisit next time. <laughs>